That will do you no good, girl. Master, a wave of the dwarf's hand quieted the shaman. No more of this. We've been attacked by children, men, and monsters. Blade slapped his sword and shield on his back while he took purposeful strides toward the priest. We are in a city built underground by what appears to be demons. He gripped Tarak by the shirt and jerked the boy up. Piodar's master wasn't tall enough to raise the young man to his feet, but he was plenty strong enough to lift him bodily in the air. Tarak's arms and legs flailed comically, and his staff flew from his hand. Blade brought the boy's face to his own. No more. The priest swallowed a sob. There'll be no crying over those what meant ye harm. He threw the boy to the floor and spun on his heels to face Erliga. There'll be no ill towards him what fought to save your life. The pretty girl's eyes widened, and she took a step back from the general's gaze. Blade turned his eye to Folick. And there'll be no more hiding of what is. He stepped in front of the dead man and reached a hand to him before stopping and looking at Terak. Will he take offense? The priest wiped his eyes and nose, then shook his head. He cannot possibly. The dwarf grasped Folick's chain shirt and pulled downwards. To Pudar's surprise, the corpse acquiesced, almost willingly. With his left hand, Blade gripped the top of the male mask and pulled ever so slowly. Terak closed his eyes and bowed his head. First, the dead man's chin came into view, the flesh dried and gray. Blade kept pulling. Its cheeks were sunken, but most of the teeth were present. Folick must have died young. Few warriors could boast retaining that many. Even most of Pyodar's master's teeth were replacements made of porcelain, made by one of the finest craftsmen in Southport. Of course, the shaman had all of his, blessed be he with a bond to mighty Fuhr. Erliga gasped when the dead man's lack of a nose became evident. Perhaps it fell off in some battle. Then came the more disturbing lack of eyes. The old slave wondered how the guardian saw to fight. How did it judge its opponents? At last, the mask was removed completely. In all, the face looked like a long skull covered in gray leather and sparse, stringy hair that was now gray as well. Folick straightened its back and stared, or didn't stare, forward, its lipless mouth closed. There was a grotesque serenity to the dead man's countenance. Short, panicked breaths drew Pyodar's attention to the little blonde. Her eyes were glued to Folick, her chest heaving rapidly and her face shaking. He reached out to her, but his master was quicker. Blade took her by the shoulders and gathered her into his keen sight. No more, girl. His tone was hard, but not harsh. No more fear, no more crying. From here on, there is only fighting and living. What is that thing? She whispered her question to him. It's a dead thing. It's his dead thing. 
he nodded toward Tarak. I know not the ways of it. Don't really care about them. I care that it means us no harm. I care that in the midst of violence, it gave my friend but a small tap in answer to having its arm near ripped from it. He turned his good eye to the priest. Am I wrong to think this creature will defend this young lady despite her lack of goodwill toward it? Terak swallowed again. We, I, he stammered, I hold all of your lives, dear good dwarf. I offer all my means to your defense. Well, then. The dwarf released Erliga and clapped his gauntleted hands together. Shaman, consider us settled.